Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Welcome back to Recalibrate. Now we're continuing with this study and just meditation upon prophecy and how God's called us to be a people who walk in the spirit of prophecy. And we're trying to unlock that and understand that. And we've been going through the Gospel of John, which is the gospel that really talks about the intimacy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The book of Luke, he records the power of the Holy Spirit. And that even continues on into the book of Acts. But in John, John the writer, as he reflects upon and the Holy Spirit leads him to write this gospel and remember what Jesus did, he really focuses on the words that Jesus gave. And, and John kind of wrote this gospel a little bit later than the other gospels. So he's had a lifetime to reflect on what Jesus taught. And he began to realize the importance of Jesus' teaching about the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so through the conversations that he records and writes about with the Samaritan woman, with Nicodemus, and with all these different characters, um, he just brings out in, the, in those dialogues, in those discussions, in those um, uh, messages by Jesus Christ, the teaching of Jesus about the person of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. One of the big things that Jesus said when he was on the earth to his disciples, he talked a lot. And I, uh, I think he did this because he wanted it to stick with them after he had gone. But he talked a lot about the promise of the Father and would say to them, you know, when I leave, and they didn't know what he was even talking about, but basically when I leave, the promise of the Father, wait for the promise of the Father, the promise of the Father is going to come. And that's what John's remembering. He's kind of reflecting. He's like, oh, wow, yeah, I know. When Jesus talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit, I've lived a Christian life now after Jesus ascended into heaven. I've journeyed for 30, 40 years. And as I reflect back over my life and I write about what the Holy Spirit's telling me to really bring out from Jesus' teaching, it's the working of the Holy Spirit that's a really key part of that. Not the power working of the Holy Spirit, but the, in, the personal working of the Holy Spirit. And I think that'd probably be true for many of us, wouldn't it? That the older we get, the more we reflect upon the inner working of the Holy Spirit as a counselor, as a friend in our lives. We love the power times. We love the times of glory. But we treasure the intimacy that the Holy Spirit brings in our lives with God. I love that about the Gospel of John. Today, I want to go to the last um, part of this. We're still in the area of prophecy, and we'll move on with other aspects of prophecy after this. But I want to deal with the last, or talk about the last section, where Jesus talks about the person of the Holy Spirit on a personal level. In John chapter 16, verse 12, let me read the scripture to you. There is so much more, Jesus said to his disciples, that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. There's too much going on. They couldn't get it. He was about to leave the earth, and it just, just a lot going on. But when the spirit of truth comes, see, that's the promise of the Father, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever 
he receives from me. This passage in John chapter 16 verse 12 is uh, remarkably repeated at least three other times in that dialogue. It's the dialogue at the Last Supper, actually. After the Last Supper is finished, John records this dialogue before Jesus goes to Gethsemane and records his prayer over the disciples, what he, the blessing he prayed over them before he went to Gethsemane. And in this, it's about three chapters of the Bible long, John, the Gospel of John long. In it, at least on three different occasions in that passage, John 16, John 14, and John 15, he repeats this um, teaching about the person of the Holy Spirit. He, he repeats three times in the same message, when I have gone, I will send you another, a comforter, an advocate, a counselor, one who will come in my place and work in your life. Now, I want us to remember, first of all, what we've already learned in our podcast over the last few days, that the Holy Spirit, through the through the metaphor of water, is one who brings a, a life to us, a, 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 a refreshing to our souls that we could never get by ourselves. By using the allegory of water, uh, he's talking about how it's from within, the from your belly. So when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming, he's not talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit within you. That's the context of John. In fact, what's really fascinating about John is at the very end of John, after Jesus has resurrected from the dead, but before he's ascended, he calls the disciples to the him and he breathes upon them, and he actually says to them, receive the Holy Ghost. And that's different from the experience they had in Acts, where the Holy Spirit came upon them. And what we believe has happened is because Jesus has now died and resurrected, and because the disciples believe now that he is the Son of God, and they believe in the resurrection, and they believe in the atoning work of the cross, Jesus now can impart the Holy Spirit in them. Remember what he said last time. He said, anybody who believes in me, out of them rivers of living water will flow. And actually the disciples experienced that in a very real specific moment in their journey. They actually, what we would call was their salvation experience. And you can read about that at the end of John, before Jesus ascends into heaven, how he breathes on them and they receive the inner dwelling of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Absolutely fantastic. And when anybody receives Jesus personally as their Savior, that's what happens. You receive the Holy Spirit within you. And now John um, remembers what Jesus taught about this indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Look at some of the things he says. You're gonna, you can't bear it right now. I can't explain everything to you. It's too much. You get overloaded. So I am going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, but I'm also going to breathe upon you that you would receive the Holy Ghost. By the way, what's really interesting about that passage in John is that it's almost a mirror of the way that Adam and Eve were created. Remember, God breathed life, the spirit life, into Adam when he created Adam. And so it's almost the recreation, the way Adam was formed. He was formed with the Spirit of God. Adam and Eve sinned. 
And so they had the condemnation of death. Life was taken from them. Death is now upon them. And now in John, when Jesus breathes on the disciples again, it's the same idea. The pneuma spirit, he breathes the spirit upon them. They receive the spirit inside them to dwell in them. And the life that they now have is the same life that Adam had. Now, we're not going to walk in the same perfection as Adam because Adam was without sin until the moment he he disobeyed God. We've lived in sin before, so we've got a flesh element we're fighting against. But nevertheless, internally, we've been made like Adam. Isn't that amazing that we have already been recreated, that we already have been changed on the inside? And receive back that which was lost at the very beginning, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost that Adam and Eve had at the very beginning. We've got it back through the death of Jesus. Wow, that makes you want to stand up and shout. It's so exciting. Well, let's go on into this passage. It says, "You, I want to tell you more. You can't bear it now, so I'm going to be going away. And I'm going to send the Spirit of Truth who's going to dwell within you. And he will guide you in all truth. I think this is uh, just just a remarkable promise. I want, there's, there's actually three things here that Jesus talks about. He says he will guide you in truth. He will speak about the future. And he will be the medium or the means by which we know Christ and know the Father. He will bring intimacy. When I speak about the spirit of prophecy... That's, that is a, a summation of what it is. It is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who guides you into truth, who speaks about the future. That's prophetic. See, prophecy is two things. I'm going to get digress here. But prophecy in, in theology, we say prophecy is both foretelling, which means telling the future, but it's also forthtelling which is explaining the mind of God for you in the moment. And when you look at the prophecies in the Old Testament, um, the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea and all the amazing men and women of God who, who risked their lives to bring the word of the Lord, it, it involves both. Most of those books are not fully about the future. Some like Daniel have a lot of future prediction in them, but many of them like Isaiah and others are about the present. They're about people's present situation, a need for correction, a need for guidance, a need for sins to be dealt with in their lives. And then a portion of it is about the future. Usually in those uh, Old Testament prophets, the first half of the book is about their present circumstances and judgment that is coming. And then the second half of the book is about the promises that after they've gone through the judgment, what God is going to do. Amazing stuff. So prophecy is about both predicting the future and prophecy is about telling you God's voice, hearing God's voice for now regarding to your personal situation now for your own edification and growth. Sometimes we say prophecy uh, translated in the Greek can also be translated as preaching. So it's the idea of hearing the preached word that God is preaching to you personally. And for somebody who preaches publicly, the idea is you hear the word of the Lord first personally, the Holy Spirit speaking it to you, and then you repeat it to the people. And so what we're seeing here in this passage, I want you to read it again and catch what's going on. When the Spirit of truth comes, 
He will guide you in all truth. So that's the sermon part. That's the personal edification. That is conviction of sin. That is God speaking to you now about your situation and just guiding you in how to behave, guiding you how to think, guiding you um, in your personal sanctification and growth. And then he says, you will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Wow. Okay. So what he's saying is the spirit of the Lord is going to come and dwell in you and you're going to have the spirit of prophecy. You're going to have the ability to hear for the now, um, forth tell God telling you now about things he wants to speak to you about today in your life and foretell. He's going to tell you about things that are going to happen in the future. And then he goes on, he'll bring glory to me whenever he receives, whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. There's a, te- a scripture in Revelations that says the Spirit uh, of Jesus Christ is the Spirit of prophecy. And so this is saying the third thing that's going to happen is you're going to have this. So I hold a Spirit sometimes called the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is going to speak of Christ and both for your future and for your present. You have the spirit of prophecy within you. Wow, isn't that absolutely amazing? On a practical level then, how does that look? What does that look like? Well, I think that all of us, when we're walking with God, definitely experience the forthtelling, the Holy Spirit convicting, the Holy Spirit teaching, the Holy Spirit arresting our thoughts, arresting our speech. You know, we've been doing a season on revival at the church. And while I would say that when there's a move of the Holy Spirit upon people, it doesn't always translate internally because sometimes it's a power coming upon, not a power from within. But yeah, I think when we soak in the Holy Spirit, and I think I'm personally experiencing this and I hope you are as well, I think it does really begin to let the spirit within you well up and, and come up and, and, and begin to move through your life, every area of your life, your, your speech, your ears, your eyes. And I do think that when people, when there is a fullness of the Holy Spirit at work, that's how holiness begins to happen. That's why in revivals you see people moving towards holiness because the spirit within them begins to spread. They're able to hear the spirit of truth who is already within them begin to convict them. You know, we need that, don't we? To be able to hear it, not not a legalistic thing, but the spirit of truth convicting us. And I believe the more we see God poured out, the more God moves in our lives. That's why it's so important for us to spend time in devotion, spend time in waiting upon God, because the more we become sensitive and aware for the spirit within us, the more we will walk in a natural holiness, not not a legalistic thing, but just the spirit of truth speaking to us and changing us. And then secondly, I do believe on a practical level, the Holy Spirit helps us regarding the future. I'm not saying that we're going to get um, you know, lottery numbers told to us or so on and so forth. But I, I, I know in my own life, and I'm sure you've experienced it too, when you seek God and earnestly seek God and wait upon God and, and you lay down your own desires and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And you're in that place of really waiting and seeking God for direction uh, for yourself, for your loved ones. You know what? It happens. It happens. I, I think that every believer has the capability of becoming more discerning for the future. 
more discerning for in the decisions they make and understanding of what potentially could happen and praying that it doesn't happen because we have the spirit of truth within us which is the spirit of Christ we are a prophetic people we're a people who can hear God and we're a people that can hear God regarding even the future and what we should be doing and I think we need a move of the Holy Spirit to stir this up Paul says we have treasures in earthen vessels, but I think so often we don't appreciate the value of what it is that we have within us. And we need revival to awaken us to the treasure that lies within the person of the Holy Ghost. Well, the Lord bless you as we continue in this series. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com.